I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Star Companion Podcast. Shit. That's right. That was dope. Um, my name is David. Oh, and I'm Zach. And we are your hosts. We are the hosts of, like I said, the Star Companion Podcast. And, um, well, we're just a podcast. Not just a podcast, actually. The premier podcast. Oh, oh. wow. Um, really it's making, true. making this work as I go. It's true. Um, and uh, basically our mission is to trek through trek at... Uh, one episode at a time, Stardate by Stardate. And we are, we're really in the meat of things here in Star Trek Discovery. Today we're reviewing Season 1, Episode 4 of Discovery, and it's called The Butcher's Knife Cares Not for the Lamb's Cry. Stardate Unknown. Stardate Unknown. But uh, Although roughly six months after. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, give or take. 1207.3. <laughs> Which was the battle at the Binary Stars. Yeah. Um, so it's... Um, classic discovery kind of building on the story so far um, that seems to be kind of the theme of, of season one oh, so far that's what that's what happens now it, what's, is this it's called serialization serialization that's right it's no longer episodic that's right this is the advent of reality TV The Wire and Breaking Bad as I think we've discussed yes so goodbye hey distress signal from planet let's go check it out Oh my god, they have a sub race and they're they're there's rebels that want to break away from being a subclass, but like yeah. we can't interfere because they're not warp capable yet. What? You know, but like one of them's got a nuclear bomb and it's gonna destroy the other, but we're trying to decide to intervene and you get a really long speech from Picard. Those are the good old days. Those are the good old days. <coughs> these are the new old new 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 new, new days. New, new, and uh, in the new new days, we're focusing on sick graphics, bro. We're we're focusing on tech, tech, non typical um, protagonists, right? I will say that the uh, the techno babble mm-hmm. in these in these in this show, mm-hmm. it's really good. It's no longer um, made up concepts. It is in fact like 
Well, well I, I'll have a, that's, a humble retort later, but yeah, go ahead. <laughs> you know, it's, it's less made up. <laughs> that's just like your opinion, man. And, uh, <laughs> no, go ahead. Sorry. You know, I, I don't know. It doesn't matter. No, it does. It does sound cleaner. It does sound sharper. Yeah. Um, everybody knows what's going on with the ship. You know, it's not so compartmentalized anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a science ship. Yeah. And I, you know, and that's something that I actually, that I wanted to, to talk about a little bit is I actually like that concept. You know what I mean? Like, obviously they're explorers, you know, like mm-hmm. Enterprise, Voy- you know, Voyager, uh, Enterprise, Enterprise, <laughs> Enterprise. <laughs> but, you know, this one, and it might be this episode or the, the episode previous where Lorca kind of reveals that. You know, yeah, this is a this is a science ship, but you know, we're like on the on the cutting edge of science. Like we're we're making breakthroughs here to defeat the fucking Klingons and to get an upper hand here. Filthy fucking Klingons. That's right. That is right. Everyone look at him while he drinks his water. <laughs> Pretentiously. <laughs> knowing that an essay is coming. <laughs> uh... So um Last we left, um, Michael Burnham, our protagonist and, and crew, which we don't really know much about at this point, but that's fine. Well, you know, one of them's named Tilly, one one's named, named Saru, and one's name is Stamets. And Lorca. And Lorca. <laughs> You're as welcome. I, as I sip from my juice box pretentiously. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't think I mentioned this in the last episode, but um, we had a... Um, they had a mission where they had to go rescue well rescue they showed up and the ship was was uh unrescuable let's just put it that way uh-huh. the USS Glenn aptly named um <laughs> so i think you mentioned it last last episode that right now discovery and glenn are the two ships on the cutting edge of science and um they kind of they're kind of working in tandem together so last episode Discovery showed up to rescue Glenn, but Glenn was overtaken by some giant monster that they captured and brought back aboard Discovery. What was that creature? Well, we find out this episode that it was a tardigrade. Giant, okay. uh, a, uh, a giant tardigrade, actually. A macroscopic tardigrade. That's right. So, I have a little piece on tardigrades that's tangentially related to mm-hmm. this. So Israel, right, mm-hmm. shot up its rocket to the moon. I'm glad you mentioned this. And it crashed. And one of the things they had on there were, in effect, freeze-dried... Is it tardigrades? Tardigrades. And so uh, I was sent this article by uh, my girlfriend, Brittany. And I said, yo, is that a tardigrade? <laughs> and she was like, how do you know that? <laughs> and I said, oh, well, I mean, you know, I watched... Uh, <laughs> Star Trek Discovery a couple years ago. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty versed on the tardigrade. But David will elucidate for us how we're not, I imagine, elucidated on what a tardigrade is. No, actually, they do a pretty good job at elucidating what it is. I mean, tardigrade okay. is, it's, it's just a, it's like a little... It's, it's a, a little creature that can survive like super hot and super yeah cold. And they've actually been shown to survive the vacuum of space as well. Yeah. So I have a theory. Yeah. That, you know how last episode we were talking about not wanting to predict the future? Mm-hmm. Well, that crashed 
ship with the tardigrades on the moon. Mm-hmm. That's what becomes this tardigrade. They're pre, mm. they're pre uh, setting up Star Trek. I like that right now in real time. I like that, which unfortunately means the uh, eugenics wars are next. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> started by Trump Kuvma. Uh, oh um, yeah, that <laughs> was Trump Kuvma. The thing about tardigrades, though, is um, they can survive. They can survive the vacuum of space, right? And they can actually. Um, they can actually survive being being dried out completely. Like if you were to take all the water out mm-hmm. of a tardigrade, like they can survive that. And yeah. you could drop like a little water on them, you know, like mm-hmm. they, they actually... Kind of like a, uh, you take a straw mm-hmm. and you push the paper all the way down and yes. it's really small and you drop it and you tell and it your comes kid, the kid that it's a, it's a worm. Exactly. It's exactly like that. Yeah, just like a restaurant trick. That's how tardigrades... <laughs> Have survived eons just like a restaurant trick <laughs> they've actually survived um about three or f- three to five mass extinctions now they're actually pretty resilient creatures jesus christ yeah and um they i think it was maybe about five or six years ago um someone was studying some moss that was about 100 to 200 years old and they they put some water on the moss to re-wet it, re-wet it and the oh tar- fuck the tardigrades came alive oh that's great yeah, man, they're actually really resilient little creatures, but... Are they sentient in any way? Uh, they have a brain. Do you think they're like, oh, finally. <laughs> yeah, oh, <laughs> gotta make my coffee. How long has it been? <laughs> um, but there, there are, there's no giant tardigrades, but you know, it, it's, it's sci-fi. I'm willing to work with it, right? Mm-hmm. The one thing I'm not willing to work with is a, is a spore drive, which we which we find in this episode here. What do you mean? Why not, David? <laughs> well, the science behind it, I think, is a bit shaky. What? At best. How could that be the case? <laughs> so, okay. So when they first show the spore drive, you know, Michael Burnham walks into the into the little spore drive area, right? Mm-hmm. And it looks like a forest, right? What? Is that me? or? No, it does. Yeah. Well... Nature, dude. Yeah, but I mean, we're talking about mushrooms here. We're not talking about a little terrarium. We're talking about like a dark, <sighs> dank cave full of dead matter that the that mushrooms eat and then turn into carbon and nitrogen and stuff like that. Okay. Right? So, so right off the bat, mm-hmm. the thing the mushrooms, mm-hmm. spores, are stored in is incorrect. Correct, yeah. Okay. A little bit too much light. Um, mm-hmm. it would imply that, that discovery has a, has a supply of, of dead animals and dead trees and, and a little micro ecosystem within the ship to, to keep these funguses alive and going. Okay. Right. Sure. Yeah. I'm into it. I've seen okay. them growing plants before. Yeah. But you know, that's, that's something that we don't see, you know, it's like, Oh, here's our spore drive. And they walk in and it's like a magical little Willy Wonka forest. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, um, that's my first, that's my first gripe. Second gripe is, um, they say that this tardigrade helps with what, well, so, so they, the, basically the science behind the board drive. Do you know, you want to explain it? I don't want to spend the whole episode talking. <laughs> oh, the science behind it? Yeah. Or do you know um, how they explain, well, how they explain so it? Well, 
the spores connect through some sort of mycelial, mycelial network mm-hmm. that is the fabric of all connected universe. Mm-hmm. And uh, they are able to travel by using the energy. Uh, not I, I want to say energy wasted or produced, you know, th- or conducted through the spores. Right. Um, yeah. Is there yeah. more? Well, so and then the other the other part of it is with this tardigrade, right? Okay. Well. Okay. Go ahead. So they have to harvest this tardigrade's uh, symbiotic relationship with with this. Um, well, so before we get there, yeah. so they're uh, they're addressing the uh, you know the Glenn was able to go farther than the discovery was ever able to go, mm-hmm. and Stamet says it appears they were using some sort of supercomputer, and Lorca goes, "Well, why didn't you get it? I guess you left it." And he mm-hmm. goes, "I wouldn't have left it. I would have grabbed it." Yeah. Little does. Either of them know that the tardigrade is the supercomputer. <laughs> For whatever reason, the tardigrade uh, is at peace in this mycelial network mm-hmm. and can be the driver on the rails. Navigator, yeah. Navigator of the network. Yeah. And so... And do you remember what they say? Very key piece of information. They say that they're able. he's able to do it by horizontal gene transfer. mm as a symbiotic relationship of between tardigrades and mushrooms. The problem is, is that tardigrades actually are not capable of horizontal gene transfer. So there was a story that came out in, I think it was Science Today. I only know this because I took three three semesters of biology right around when this was mm-hmm. happening. And a botany class. And a botany class, so I'm qualified. Um, and the big story was that tardigrades are capable of, of horizontal gene transfer. A lot of bacteria, or not a lot of bacteria, but some bacteria is capable of picking up DNA and uh, mm-hmm. DNA material from its surrounding, um, you know, uh, sure, whatever. ecosystem, whatever. And so, you know, when when this was discovered or whatever, that, t- that tardigrades could do it, it's, it was huge, you know, because it's like, wow, organisms can actually transfer genes between organisms. Mm-hmm. Well, there after that, there were like probably five or six peer-reviewed studies that came out that proved that to be wrong. <laughs> and so I think that the writers of Discovery were basing that, you know, this horizontal gene transfer theory on faulty science right yeah so that's the big gripe i have with this with this symbiotic relationship okay now between the tardigrade and the the mycelium that's really quite interesting Mm -hmm. i didn't know that yes my biggest gripe is so this takes place before the original series (laughs) yeah how come no one's using the spore drive? Right. How come I've never heard about it? I imagine they're going to write that out. Have you seen the future? <laughs> no, but I just... I, I, don't, I don't see any other way around it. You know what I mean? The minute I... The way they jump is dope. Oh, yeah. It's, the way it's it, super cool. It looks super cool. Yeah. And it's a great concept. Yes, um, I was I was getting there as well. Okay, and I, I will say that they do write it out. Spoiler. Mm-hmm. Um, but the first time I saw it, I thought, I wonder how they're going to get rid of this. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, how are you going to bury this? 
oh, it's top secret. We'll never mess with that technology again or some bullshit like that. I bet. I can't wait for you to find out. <laughs> Continue. It's a great concept, though. Yeah. No. So what I was going to say is it's. I think that's actually a great concept that, you know, there's a kind of a, what is it, like a cosmic mycelia right that sure. spreads throughout the universe like or yeah, throughout the, a fabric of the of the universe yeah that's like really cool you know what i mean um and i feel like maybe they should have just left it at that you yeah, know what i mean like, sure. like i don't think they needed to incorporate the tardigrade i don't think they needed to do any of that it's just like look there's space mushrooms yeah you know and they're able to connect over you know because you know life has been around for mil- millions of years right and and fungus grows off of off of dead life i agree i agree i think the tardigrade is just convenient plot device yeah because you have all the people killed the interest in it from Lorca. yeah you know like it just it it it, it's perfect for the the story yeah so you know what i would have done as a writer is i would have i would have gotten rid of that tardigrade Mm -hmm. i would have kept that mycelial network and I would have expanded upon maybe you know how how you know kind of like 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 Star Wars has the force you know like there's there's energy that that kind of brings the universe midichlorians we're all connected you know yeah I think they explored it in a different Star Trek uh, series that why are there why are there humanoid like creatures all over this solar system it's like well because you know life in the solar system all kind of comes from a general that was a tng episode yeah yeah right nice. and so so life all comes from some sort of general area or that's they kind of leave it ambiguous you know that mm-hmm. would be kind of cool to be like you know because of that we're all connected because of this mycelial thing you know and and um you know ex- expand upon that but they bring in this tardigrade and they and and you know so they have to now harvest this energy from this tardigrade and now it becomes it's like what are the moral implications of taking mm-hmm. a a organism's life force to power a ship? Yeah, you know what I mean. And so that that to me is a little bit. It's m- more one dimensional than it could be. And that's uh, that's discovery. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty much. That yeah, just about sums it up. So basically, to finish off the synopsis of this episode, they they harness the power of the spoiler energy. They they show up at a at a Federation planet uh, that's being attacked by the Klingons. Mm. They pull some crazy maneuver and the Klingons blow up and they're the big heroes. And then Michael Burnham, who has been relegated to studying the tardigrade, you know, feels bad and puts it back in its cell and, you know, takes care as she's formed some sort of bond with this animal. Well, you see, because you just judge this creature by one incident. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, the on-the-nose aspect of the tardigrade being... tardigrade's like me. Yeah. Yeah. Stupid. Yeah. Again, expanding upon the single protagonist, which is not characteristic of Star Trek. Mm Mm-hmm. So, great idea. Great idea. I really like the spore drive idea. I think it's fantastic. It's really cool. But there's flaws. There's flaws in it. Also, while we're on the subject... Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Um... Prototaxis uh, mushrooms, the the genus Prototaxis, which this the mushrooms are. Mm-hmm. Um, they're actually um, the the ancient counterpart to it. There's actually a, a, a extinct 
genus of, of prototactus. Mm-hmm. They're actually lichens. As in werewolf? <laughs> no, those are lichens. Oh. <laughs> no, lichens, lichens are actually, um, lichens are, are organisms. They're a symbiotic relationship between a fungus and a, and a, either an algae or a cyanobacteria. <laughs> I think you went to college or something. Yeah. And my final point about the whole symbiosis thing is a symbiosis in science does not mean that an organism goes and fuses with another organism. It's a... It's benef- like the sea anemone. Anemone. An- exactly. An- yeah, a sea anemone and a clownfish, right? Yeah, exactly. That's a symbiotic relationship is they, is they, they use each other. You see that, something. everybody? I knew that one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... Um, Interesting. Not to get so science heavy and cut you out of the conversation, but these are these. Oh are, no, no, I mean, it's cool. The the I think the thing that Star Trek does well uh-huh. in terms of, of of sci-fi is it finds a good concept and it leaves enough room for it to be ambiguous to work. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, in the physics of Star Trek is all. I mean, anything but discovery is all theoretically possible. Mm-hmm. Which but is it's the ambiguous. genius behind we don't, it. Yeah. We don't know it, you know? Yeah. And yeah. so this spore drive, like you were saying earlier, you know, they explain it very well. They're, you know, they're sharp about it. Mm-hmm. But the problem with that is you write yourself into corners. Egg, and so, that's discovery. Yeah. But, but it's, it, it's an, but it looks it is good. what it is. It, it looks, looks good. good. Yeah. It's like dating a really pretty chick. Yeah. That doesn't have anything else to offer. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all I've got. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like what it's like dating me too yeah i i wouldn't i wouldn't know we've been the star companion everybody and um you can find us on every major yep, podcast right. platform you can donate find us on youtube yeah you can donate to patreon us. patreon thank you to our lovely donators send us some money show us you care yeah or just send us an email and let us know you care or five stars and subscribe Subscribe. Here's to you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.